and that's what we love a chat. We love to help and that's a fact. So we have made it our mission to find stuff out. From diagnosis and education, slimming out of your frustration. Chat to folks who've been there too. Collect it together and share it with you. If you know someone we should speak to, send them our way and that's what we'll do. We like to have our sensory networks. You know what? Hi everyone, it's Jenny back with another Sensory Matters show and this week it's um, a fortnightly thing so we've got Katie and Lorraine with us and it's great to have both ladies back because we've had a few weeks where we've not all been available. How are you? Good, thanks. Yep, really good. Struggling with the hay fever so may sound like an old man at some points during this podcast. God, God, hay fever kicked in already. Yeah, Yeah. I I suffer from tree uh, pollen, like I'm allergic to tree pollen which is earlier in the year. So... I am struggling. <laughs> oh, I've, no. I've and I suffer with different things throughout the whole year. Oh, gosh. <laughs> not good, not no. good. Right, anyway, so we are today chatting about uh, last week's podcast, which was Steph Reed, and she is the autism teacher, and she had loads of really interesting stuff to say, didn't she? Yeah. It was packed full with amazing things. It was really interesting to hear everything that she's got to say, like all her little tips and tricks. I think it was just... It's one of those things I think everyone could take something away from that podcast. Yeah, I enjoyed it because I've had experience with autism teachers, with Jamie, so it was nice to hear from her because I then compare it to the the services that we'd used. Yeah. Which I I must say, the the specialist autism teacher in our area is fantastic. Oh, really? That's good. Yeah. So, So what did you take away from it, Lorraine? Well, one thing that... I thought was, I think what they do is amazing. These specialist teachers go in and they teach schools how to do things with visual aids and and all the rest of it. But from a personal experience, the specialist teacher went into to our school and the school didn't take any of it on board. So my, my worry is that there's these specialist teachers that have got so much knowledge, but if the schools don't implement what they're, they're showing them, mm. it's just no good. So yeah, what yeah. what she was saying about the visual aids, the sand timers in particular, there's all these little things that you just think, oh, that's you wouldn't think about it, but it makes such a big difference. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and it's just that I really felt quite touched when it was. I think you were saying this, Jenny, in the podcast about how you know mainstream schools this can help all students, not just um, those with special educational needs. This is something that could be beneficial. And it really sort of made me think about when I was in school, because I went to both mainstream primary and high school. I was like, oh, what, you know, what did I see that could have helped? And I just remember um, like two things that really stood out to me, but I didn't notice them at the time, which was when I was in year six, my Mm -hmm. mainstream teacher, she made all of us uh, go out first thing in the morning and we used to skip with a skipping rope and she bought us all skipping ropes to get all this energy out in the morning and we had, all had to do like a hundred skips it was one of those skipping ropes that used to count how many you did mm. and then yeah. we would sit down and we would get straight into it like working and it was so effective we all just really enjoyed it and then we were really really like able to concentrate then which I thought yeah. was really interesting but the other one that I remembered was when I was in high school um which is obviously you know when we were talking on the podcast about um having the timers and having those visual learning cues of okay at this time we're going to be doing this and then five minutes later we're going to go on to maths and then that kind of thing um when I was in high school one of my teachers actually used to do that and I didn't realize at the time how helpful it was but looking back I was like 
oh gosh yeah that was so helpful to have literally a breakdown of the entire lesson and she yeah, would yeah. say you know um we're going to do uh, we're going to go through our homework for the first 10 minutes and then we're going to do some mind mapping and then we're going to have a class discussion you know like it was so good and we were you know at that age 16 17 years old and it was still helpful yeah. yeah absolutely it's funny that you talk about maths because I've actually had this conversation with Joe this morning on the way to school we right. were talking about teachers and how some teachers are quite stern and not nurturing and I went yeah. back to my childhood I was telling him about how I had this teacher who used to bang his hand on the desk because I don't have a very good concentration span and I don't learn well in a classroom I'm an on-the-job sort of person and I was telling him about how this teacher used to slam his hand down on the desk and it used to scare me it was awful and in the end I was finally moved into a different class and my new maths teacher was so lovely he used to say to me Scotty because he used to call call me by my surname Scotty you're not stupid you're not naughty you just need to do it this way and he would sit and take the time to go through it with me and what a difference that made and that was back in like the early 90s Gosh, wow. that's really yeah. let's let hold that thought because there's I think there's more to chat about that yeah. about the different features and matching it to that. But the other thing I wanted to say on the signposting your timetable is imagine as an adult getting up this morning, turning up at say a meeting room, and knowing that you're there until three o'clock and not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's, a, there's an agenda for agenda for everything, isn't there? When you're an adult, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you never, you know, even if you're going to the supermarket, you know what you're going for, or you're going to meet a friend, you know who you're meeting, when you're meeting, what you're going to roughly talk about, you know, all those sorts of things. So for children, really, it's 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 it struck me when talking to her how important it is just for everyone in everyday life. There is no other situation once you leave school, um, and probably primary school because secondary school is a lot more timetabled where you would just turn up and have no clue what's going to happen that day. Yeah, and it's interesting that you say about secondary school being more timetabled. I remember being in primary school, and I had no idea how day, how long that day was. Yeah. I, I knew we had lunch, and then it was the afternoon, but I wouldn't have been able to think, oh, we're nearly finished. I'd have no oh, idea no. because I was just so busy doing what I was doing. Yes. Where in secondary school, you've got six lessons at this time, and you know, yeah. and there's a bell at the end and everything. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, our, our school's quite good actually they always have it up on the whiteboard you know in the morning what what's happening yeah um, but yeah I, I just think it's it, it would be frightening to do anything without really knowing what's coming yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's a really good point I didn't even think about that like yeah. how regimented our lives are as adults but you kind of you need it you do yeah or it's just like you can't help it that's just the way that life is you know yeah well absolutely I've got a piece of paper right next to me now and I've got written on there all the things that I'm doing after the podcast exactly as have I (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it's yeah it's interesting but the teacher thing is so important it's 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 success is down to whether an individual clicks with that person and that Mm. subject yeah Yeah. and I think Um, what she was saying about um, behaviour and triggers, that th- there isn't really bad behaviour. It's always caused by something. Yeah. So there was talk about the ABC chart, about putting what had happened before, during and after, and that you can often spot a pattern. And that's when I'm thinking back to my time in secondary school and this particular maths teacher, he obviously believed that there wasn't naughty children. There was just things that happened yeah. And I think if everybody thought like that, then all children would get 
a better time at school, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, without a doubt. But unfortunately, teachers, well, fortunately and unfortunately, yeah. teachers are humans just like the rest of us. And once they probably try and be measured and objective, there will be some subjectivity that comes into it and they get irritated by certain behaviours and, you know, just like we yeah. all do. And I'm pretty sure that that maths teacher had somebody that he shouted at and, and told that they were naughty because, you know, not everybody's perfect with everybody. It must have been that I think I was just in the right class at the right time. Yeah, absolutely. The thing that blows my mind in the world in general is, like, if you if you take um, Mo Farah, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine... You think about like all the clubs and opportunities and things that kids have got these days and outdoor activities and extra things that they can do, whether or stuff in school, whether it's music or maths or whatever. Imagine, imagine if Mo Farah never got the opportunity to run. Yeah. Yeah. And then he never became who he was. And then you think about all the things in the world that you could end up doing. Like I I could be the best synchronized swimmer on the planet. Um, but I wouldn't ever know because I've never tried it and yeah. I missed I missed my chance. That that hurts my head sometimes when I think about that. Yeah. I'm sorry that we laughed so hard at that. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm gonna be thinking all day, what am I what am I good at? What can I be good at? What shall I try? Yeah. What can make me famous? <laughs> Maybe that's but a challenge. Yeah, it's it's scary to think that we might all have been a Mo Farah in whatever it was that if we'd done as a child and found that that was our thing mm, yeah. Also, yeah well slightly off topic i was sort of thinking about this i've been watching um i think it's probably over now and we're a bit behind we've been watching it on catch up the sas kind of mm. like um i think they did a celebrity sort of takeover version and i was like i could totally do this i could totally do this and then i sort of <laughs> sit down and i'm like i i can't do this i really can't do this you know but you i think you have moments of being like and aspects of your personality that I think could work really well. Like I'm such a competitive person. I feel like I would be very good in competitive sports because I've yeah. got that kind of personality that's really stubborn and like um, I'm, I'm very competitive and quite driven to win. <laughs> you know? so, yeah. um, I think I'd probably be quite good in that, but it's a side of my personality that I don't enjoy. So I never let it out. But if I did have the opportunity, I probably, you know, could do quite well, but yeah, I think about that quite a lot, actually. <laughs> Funny, isn't it? But taking it back to to school, the same is true with school. But if 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 it's not a, if your child is, you know, even if it's just maths, which everyone has to do, if the connection with the teacher is not there, that makes that person feel, or that teacher doesn't understand that child's needs and make that person feel comfortable and okay to you know behave in the way they want to, then they're never going to get to where they need to be. Yeah. What's that doc- That amazing Dr. Seuss quote? It's like, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it'll think yes. it's stupid its entire life or something like that, you know? Exactly. And, exactly. But I was thinking about this the other day, about how, because um, I'm quite anti-exams, because mm. I feel like we are making everybody take a test that is suited for some people but not everybody's way of learning and we're judging everybody by that I absolutely agree with this it's just it it kind of it's one of my pet peeves and I can get really angry about it because I'm like why are we a teaching children how to pass exams as opposed to teaching them to be passionate about learning and b Mm -hmm. why are we telling everybody that they need to learn in this way and they need to understand things in this way it's my pet peeve (laughs) Uh, yeah I, I was 
I don't want to say I, I was an intelligent child, but I was an intelligent <laughs> child. My mum always said that out of the three of us, I was the most intelligent. So there you go. <laughs> um, but because of the way I learned, it meant that I didn't get the grades that I deserved. Mm. And because yeah. I, I couldn't do the exam situations. So I left school with hardly any GCSEs. And I, I just feel I've been very lucky in life to end up where I am. Yeah, I think it says yeah. a lot that I would, you know say in quite a bold way that the smartest people that I know or people who I believe to be the smartest people um have have had really awful time in school and with grades because there's different levels of intellect and it's just sometimes school doesn't allow you to explore that and express that and I often find that the smartest people in my life are often the ones that haven't done as well in school yeah yeah and um we've just chose joe's options for next year Mm -hmm. oh exciting Um, yeah well but it was frustrating because there's so many things that he could do if he could other subjects that he's not really that interested in so he's he's got to do french but he doesn't want to do french and i would they've got to do a modern foreign language and his school only does french French. but for me if he could drop french and do business yeah. or graphics or photography mm-hmm. there's so many other things there and it, you, it basically there was three lists that you choose one from one list two from the next and three from the next and the last list had all the interesting exciting things that you think about the world of work in the future and he wanted to do all of those but he couldn't choose them mm. yeah that's insane isn't it yeah and like i know pe is part of the curriculum but he doesn't want to do pe he wants to do it yeah, yeah. See, I, I think going back to the exam thing, it's the, the thing that I think is craziest about it is it's that moment in time on that day. Yes. And it depends on your moods and, and I mean, obviously it depends on how much work you've done as well, but all sorts of things could make that work or not on that day. And that's not a reflection of the year's worth of work you've done mm, yeah. um, for a couple of hours. But that's the other thing I can't revise. I tried my hardest to revise, but I, I can't revise. I'm not that kind of person. Mm-hmm. I just can't soak up the revision. Mm-hmm. I know. And in real life, when do you ever, ever, ever have to suddenly, without talking to anyone or asking for help, draw on all your knowledge and put it on paper in a way that other people will understand? Exactly. Yeah. Never. You would have to, you, you know, if you were stuck, one of the best skills in life is if you're stuck, ask someone for help. Yeah. Mm-hmm um it's just it's just bonkers. I think it's weird that the knowledge that I have built on from school and what I've actually taken from school is not what I was doing in exams it was actually no. the exam pressure that has helped because you learn how to work under time pressure you learn how to um, work in silence work on your own rely on your own knowledge to just go for it but it's not actually it, the grades and the topics don't matter it in life really it was yeah. I haven't really used anything that I've actually like done in exams it was you know grammar and writing and time pressures and all of that um yeah. is helpful but in terms of the actual subject matter and grades um I've realized how not important they are <laughs> yeah I think the things you take away are the life skills that it gives you the the you know the timekeeping the coping under pressure the applying yourself and really working hard at something mm. all those things are the important stuff. Yeah. it's like everybody always says when do I need algebra in life <laughs> yeah. yeah but but you do need to learn to tell the time 
you know there's, there's lots of things that you learn in school that you do need in life but there's mm-hmm. lots of things that are like oh god I've just got to get through this just to get that A grade and it's those things which are bonkers yeah unless you're going to pursue you know some kind of physics degree or something like that which you need the maths for and I think that's the other thing that's hard is that at that age people don't know oh gosh you know? yeah um and and it's almost like those choices affect your future so much in terms of how how well you do with maths and things yeah um but at the same time at 14 when you're making those choices you don't know well joe's Joe's going to work for us apparently (laughs) yeah he's taken business he's taken business because of that Mm -hmm. he's taken photography so that he can do photography Um, in year 10 they do a week of oh what's it called where you work experience yeah so he's asked if he can do work experience for us (laughs) Right, anyway, we should take a break and then we'll come back and carry on because we've got a few other things we need to talk about this week. Back in a minute. Throughout May, we are offering three amazing bundles for just £14.95 or one credit. Remember, if you spend a credit, you get free postage. Each bundle contains a Chewy Gem necklace, bangle, pin badge and keyring. And if you're a VIC, it's even better because you get one bundle completely free. For more information, visit our website www.chewygem.co.uk and if you'd like more information on becoming a VIC, please contact us via Facebook Messenger. Now back to the podcast. Right, welcome back everyone. Uh, so we were chatting earlier about, we went off on a bit of a tangent really about school <laughs> and setting the world to rights, but um, it was still a good chat. I enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, so the other thing that Lorraine picked up on this week is one of our good good friends is Richie and he's from Awesome Awesome. Oh God, did someone else say awesome it? Awesome-tistic. That's it. Um, so Lorraine, what's he up to? Because you've picked up on something he's done, which you're quite interested in. Yeah, well, Rich has been going with Awesome Tissed now for nearly a year. Um, the stuff he's achieved is fantastic. Have you seen his new car? <gasps> yes. Wow. Oh my God, that's amazing. I mean, it just shows you if you put your mind to something and you yeah. work hard, you can achieve. Absolutely. So he's, he's a real, real inspiration. He is, and I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud to be friends with him and see every day how he's coming on and just yeah better and better but yeah I noticed that he'd started a parent-led support group Hmm. which I thought was really good because he isn't a parent of a child with autism yeah so he set up this parent-led support group it started last week Mm -hmm. and I got thinking about when I used to go to support groups and they were always pretty negative and this was the reason that Richie set this up um he didn't want a negative support group he didn't want parents just going in and saying this has happened this week it's really bad this is really bad this is really bad he wanted to bring some positivity which I think if you follow Richie that's all he wants yeah just positive positive I mean um what's his slogan it's okay to be me yes so I I asked him a bit about this um this group and he says that that, you know the parents can go in and ask what they want but one of the things he does in this group is it he has a green and a red card on the table for the parents so they have to say something negative that's happened that week but they also have to say something positive that's happened that week Mm. I thought that was quite nice because I, I do remember the, the groups that I was in and it was kind of, oh, it's awful. They haven't slept. They've done this, they've done that. And then there was also the case of my child's worse than your child. Yeah. yeah. And you always come out of these these groups feeling a bit down, to be honest. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I think from what I've seen of Richie's group, it looks like it's going to be really, really good and really helpful. And I think the fact that you've got an autistic adult there, even though it is parent led, yes. you can draw on his experiences. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really good because I think the green and red card's awesome because it guarantees that they're going to hopefully leave with and retrain themselves to think more positively about it. Yeah, it reminded me of, um, I used to do a, a post every week, what's the, the small achievements that you've had this week? Because yeah. people do tend to, to focus on the negative where we should be looking at the positive, no matter how small it is. And sometimes the smaller things are, are the biggest things. Absolutely, yeah. That's good. He's doing such good work. He is, and he said um, all he wants is that at the end of this group is for the parents to leave with a smile on their face. Oh, great. Oh, that was brilliant. So if anybody is in the northeast, uh, yeah, Gateshead kind of area, it's on the second and fourth Friday of every month. It's two pounds, which goes towards the hire of the hall. But the, there's a soft play, and you know Richie gets in there and shows the kids that it's, it's great to go and play in soft play. The parents can chat, ask questions, and to me, it just seems like a really exciting parent-led group. I would go if I lived there. Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. Well done, Richie. Keep it up. Fab. Um, Right. So the other thing that has come up this week is grief um, and how people on the spectrum can handle grief. So this has come about for two reasons. One is um, those that follow us on Facebook will probably know that Lorraine's had to um, give up one of her dogs. And the impact that that's had on the family has been quite significant, hasn't it? Yeah. It's been, it was not what I expected at all. Talk us through it. What, 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 why did it happen and what's been the result? Okay. Well, first of all, I want to apologise for not doing any live videos the last couple of weeks. And the reason is that Jamie will just break down in tears if anybody mentions Star. And everybody does say, where's Star? Where's Roxy? Where's Luna? So we just couldn't do it. So basically, we've got two dogs, Roxy, who's the older dog, and Star's the younger dog. Star, as you'll know if you've watched our live videos, is an absolute bundle of hyperactivity and she's really hard work. We've had her for five years. I've had her since she's a pup and I, I never, ever thought of rehoming her. I just, I've tried everything. I've took her to behavioral classes, training classes, tried absolutely everything, but it got to the point that something happened and she started to attack the cat. Um, right. And she's also attacked Roxy the older mm. dog um, and gave her an abscess and it just it was an unbearable living situation so we just had to decide what to do for the best for everybody and that really was to rehome star but star is jamie's baby right um and to her it really is like losing her child and while we, we've all felt it i i actually said that when we rehomed her she's gone to a great place by the way she's gone to a farm so she's like that's where she belonged i've always said she belongs on a farm and she's gone to this farm and she's happy and loving it but i said when we rehomed her the grief that i felt i don't think i would have felt that grief if my husband died really intensity <laughs> and and i told him i said dean I, I don't think i would have felt this bad if you died it would <laughs> I've never felt anything like it. And I messaged Katie and I said, Katie, how long does this last? Because last year Katie lost her dog mm. and I knew that she'd been through something similar. And I thought, this, it, it, I felt like I was never going to move on. Yeah. I was never going to mm-hmm. be able to live again. Mm. And all because and my dog hadn't even died. She'd gone to this great farm. Mm. It's so tough. Mm. It, it is 
unlike any other feeling in the world and it's just it was bizarre I mean I have known grief pretty much all of my life I've sort of been exposed to bereavement since probably around the age of four but I have not known grief on that scale ever it was like I'd been punched in the stomach and it's only now about 13 months later that I can actually look at photos of Meg, my dog, and not, you know, get really, really upset. And the good memories are starting to come back because she did have quite a, tra- a quite a traumatic death. So we were all left with um, sort of quite a, a load of trauma to deal with afterwards. Um, and yeah. that had to pass before we could really grieve. And it's, but I also said to Lorraine, uh, because we had to, Meg had an ongoing condition that meant that she was ill for a good few years. Um, and then it got worse and worse to the point that the last few weeks before she died were very, very difficult and involved a lot of care and stress. And when she did eventually die, there was this sense of almost, also relief. And it was, you had to deal with the grief, but also the the guilt of almost feeling yeah. relieved that this is no yeah. longer in your life and and competing with that was awful yeah yeah and I think that's where Jamie's struggling the most at the moment because it's been two weeks and she's cried she's cried and we didn't think the tears were ever going to stop mm. um and we, me me and my husband and Joe have got onto the acceptance stage she's in, she's in the right place it's best for her we've kind of you know yeah. it's the best thing where Jamie's feeling the guilt of realising that it's probably better that she's there, but if I feel that, then I'm a horrible person. Yeah. And that really Mm. upsets her. So sitting on the outside watching Jamie go through this, what what have you learned and what advice could you give other people? Um, One thing that, because I've been doing a lot of uh, research into this, is that a lot of autistic people are more connected to animals than people. Mm -hmm. So the death of an animal can be a hundred times worse than the death of a person. Yeah. Okay. Or the loss of an animal in our case, because obviously Star is still alive. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I've Um, I've felt that. I've had many losses of, you know, people in my life, you know, family members, and I didn't feel them as much. I felt them in different ways. They would hit me um, months and months and months after everyone had moved on. And I was sort of like, oh, why is it all of a sudden hitting me now? And but with Meg, it was it was completely different, and I wasn't expecting it at all. And I think it also is really important as a way of bashing the stigma of autistic people being robots or not showing or having emotions, not being empathetic. Like, yeah. if anything, a lot of autistic people feel things more. Yeah, more intensely, definitely. I've seen that with Jamie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's because no, sometimes I've I've seen Jamie take on people's emotions because she thinks that how that's how she should be because she's not really sure mm. but yeah. this is completely her emotions she just can't stop them mm. and it's so strong and I do think that if it was a human she wouldn't she, she would still feel grief but I think it's different when it's somebody or a pet that's in your house all the time yeah it's a massive change as well of you know it's yeah. not having that responsibility or that you know little fur baby in your life anymore it's like yeah there's reminders everywhere yeah you know like the food bowls um so I suppose if it was somebody that's within your family home that had died it's Mm. difficult because they're suddenly everything is completely different yeah 
but I think it's important to talk about it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Because Jamie really appreciated the fact that I told her I was going through the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel you have to be strong as a parent because you're you're experiencing the same grief. But you need to talk about it and tell them that it's okay. Grief, grief is just just a natural process. Yes, and so many people are scared to talk about it just generally. Um, yeah. You know, for fear of you know making it worse, or if they want to bring it up, like you know, if you yeah, if you're having like an average day, and then you sort of say, "Oh, how are you feeling today?" You don't want to you know cause any crazy emotions or an outpouring. But it's so mm. important to talk about things and to check in and ask people how they're doing. And, you know, people do have this idea that you just don't talk about it, don't bring it up and everything will be fine. Um, but actually if you do start a conversation and bring it up and talk about how you're feeling, it can actually have a much like more positive effect than just ignoring it. Yeah. Yeah. And don't be scared to cry because I felt that we all cried together. Yeah. And it, it, it was the best thing I, I said to Jamie. If you need to cry, you cry. If if out of nowhere you start to cry, I understand. Mm. Yes. Yeah. 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 Not easy. What about what about um, Roxing? How's she taking it? She's back to her old amazing self that she was before we had Star. So I feel a bit guilty that for the last oh. five years she's kind of been bullied. Mm. Oh. But I'd taken Star on, and I. I'd never wanted to rehome her. I wanted to make her the best dog. and But, yeah, in hindsight, she was never meant to be a pet. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah, Roxy's my little lap dog now, so she's back to going absolutely everywhere with me. And can you remember when I, I used to come to your house when we used to do yeah. the post from your table? We used to send Chewy Gems from Jenny's kitchen table. <laughs> Jenny went on holiday, me and Roxy would come for two weeks. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, not easy, but I'm glad things are improving. Yeah. Um, so the last thing that we wanted to pick up on, which we... Oh, oh and we've got a question. Um, so we'll quickly do the, the other thing, which is if you're in FIGS, which is Fighting Inequality for Girls on the Spectrum group, um, you will have seen that there's a petition that they're um, pushing, which I've signed about getting the referral pathway for girls looked at. Um and yeah, so I just wanted to get your thoughts on those guys. I think this is brilliant. I love what Figs are doing. Um, I think it's very important. I also have a boy that presents like a girl. Mm-hmm. I think if somebody else was out there, I think we should have a petition going that that boys also don't present at school until later in their development. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense because I guess I guess the, there are generalizations and then there's differences to that and it's making sure that we capture all of that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think in general girls haven't been picked up on and that's why there's such a big movement now, which is brilliant. I think it's great. I mean, I'm a girl who is waiting for assessment and, and I wasn't picked up on. So I can completely yeah. understand. But then I've got Jamie who was picked up on early because she displayed as people would call a typical boy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then Joe, who's displaying later, and they say that's like mm-hmm. a typical girl. So yeah, it'd be nice if we could get it all together so that it's not girl and boy; it's just different displays. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we're not missing anybody. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. Yeah, but yeah, if, if you haven't signed this petition, then go ahead and and sign it because it's it's really really good. Yeah, I mean anything that gets in front of the government to raise awareness and get get things spoken about is a great thing, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely, and I think if this if this does well and 
they start to assess girls differently, then we can then broach the subject that actually we've got boys doing this and that will make yeah. it easier to then to, to see the boys that, that display like girls, as we would say at the moment. Yes. Yeah, I do think yeah, sometimes people expect to do everything all in one go, but a lot of the times with, especially the autism community, it's taking one step at a time. And I feel like figs have just made a pretty massive step, but I think that it's going to lead to other steps happening that yeah. will just bring even more equality and even more awareness. And I feel like this is just one step in that ladder to getting everything on the same page. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because there's so many variables in it because you might have a transgender child that doesn't transition until, say, after school. Mm-hmm. And if you're born male, but you, you identify as female, mm-hmm. are you presenting as a female? Yeah. yeah. The, the, there's just so many variables there. So I think doing something like this is incredible. It gets the ball rolling for everybody. Yeah. I think, and as someone who has no experience in the world of gender dysphoria and transgender issues um i think it's people need to do more research on this area like seriously we need to understand the links between um transgender and autism because there is a massive link there and we need to understand the presentation and how sometimes that can be different in trans people and how we can actively and effectively support trans people in the autism community it's an area of huge huge interest and passion of mine I just and I don't have any experience in the area, but I just think when you start to realize that a lot of people are categorizing autistic traits as male and female, you do start to think, well, what about all the people who don't identify as either male or female? What about people who are trans and how do they present? You know, do uh, trans males identify and uh, present as males on the spectrum or do they like it's it needs to be looked at in so much more detail so that we can actively support um, the trans people in our community. Yeah, I think I think really it's just that different people display in different ways regardless yeah. of sex. It's just that there's been so many girls in particular that have been missed just because, because of the way the world evolves. I think how a lot of it is actually to do with um, how people look at girls. It's not to do with the girls themselves and the females themselves it's about a bias that we have towards females in general yeah and how we look at females and their role in society I think that has a huge huge impact on diagnosis definitely yeah this might be a good one to talk about another time because there's so much yeah um okay so last thing before we finish up then today is have we got a question this week yes Okay, tell us. I haven't got the page up. Bear with us one minute. Oh, I've got it here. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Have you got it, Jamie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this is from Julia. Um, I'd love to hear your views on autism stroke, other disabilities stroke, SPD, and living a healthy lifestyle. So she's saying the background is that her uni sports centre is planning to do more general health courses and stuff like food and sport and stress management. I'm wondering if um, I could help them make it accessible to different kinds of people. Interesting. Yeah, I thought that was a very interesting question. Mm. I think there is Uh, an emphasis on a lot of the time people with um, disabilities or extra needs living completely different lives. But it's also really important for everybody, regardless of whether they have disabilities or not, 
to have the general foundations of health there, you know, uh, diets and exercise and, you know, mental health related things. Um, these are all foundations that everyone needs to have, not just um, neurotypicals. Yeah, I, I yeah. felt that, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but is it in, introception? Is that the, the sense where you know what's going on inside your yes, body? Yes, yeah. Yeah. So it got me thinking about interception and about not knowing when you're hungry and not knowing when you're thirsty or when you need the toilet. And I thought a lot of this was related to, to healthy lifestyles because for me, I can go all day without eating and I don't realise I'm hungry. Yes, I can too. Mm. Then, then at the end of the day when I think, oh God, I need to eat, I then eat rubbish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Been there. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes I'll do a chart of food so that I know to eat and then it, it, that will be healthy because I've planned it. Mm. I think where if I just leave it, yeah, it's I'll just nip to McDonald's. I think a lot of it is, especially in the autism community, it is about that routine. It mm-hmm. is about um, not because uh, I always say it's about routine, but then if I implement routine in such a way that it's like a huge part of my life, I get very addicted to it and it becomes mm-hmm. unhealthy. There's a healthy balance yeah. between not having a routine and having too much of a routine, but things like food and um you know going to the toilet drinking um that is water not alcohol as well (laughs) Um, i would say it should be part of especially for someone with um difficulties with interception like it it should be part of your routine it should be on you know you have almost like a designated time where you think oh i haven't had a drink of water for an hour let me go and get one you know it needs to be more of a as opposed Mm. to relying on your body giving you signals because that isn't always the best way yeah and there's lots lots of amazing tools out there because you can get a bottle that you fill up with water for the day and it's got times on it and tells you when to drink it i've got mine right with me (laughs) have you got one of those i love it it's one of my favorite things i tend to i'm tend to i tend to just like drink a load in like one go so i'll have like 500 mils in like one like one day like on like one go i mean like just literally downing it um so the timing isn't always that accurate for me but i love having that there it's just a little visual yeah yeah but what is it because she's kind of saying what you know what could she do to make it more accessible to different kinds of people so what what makes courses like this inaccessible i think it's probably just the lack of again it probably comes back to how we were talking about school it's the lack of understanding Mm. that people process things differently and Mm -hmm. learn in different ways and and I also think again when we were talking about the life skills that come from school and how um, those are just as important but we often look more at the subject matter that we're learning in school I think people often automatically assume that everyone knows how to do these things they automatically yeah. assume that you know when you're hungry and that means eating. And that is, there's this bias that people kind of come into these situations thinking, um, well, that's such a simple life skill. You know, how can you not know that? Like, how can you not know when you're hungry and that that means food? How can you not know uh, when you need to go to the toilet? Like, it, people don't, yeah. I think there's a, interception in particular is very difficult to relate to if you don't have it. And then there is that bias of, how well that's just silly you know (laughs) like if if people can't relate to it um they just like they discount it essentially um so I think it's having that open mind of not everything is as simple as 
well, can't you just do that? Can't, why can't you just understand that? Why you know, It's actually breaking things down step by step into, you know, explaining what hunger may feel like, explaining um, how long we should be going without food um, before we start experiencing symptoms of hunger, how much water we should be drinking in a day, how much exercise we should be doing, when the best time to fit in exercise is in our routine. Um, it's breaking yeah. things down into these much, much, much smaller steps that a lot of people who aren't part of the um, neurodiverse or just disabled community, they don't have to think about. It's just, this is what we do. Yeah. This is how we do it. Yeah. yeah. So maybe Julie should arrange a meeting with the sports centre mm. and, and explain about interception and sensory processing and things like this so that they could do some more research. And then maybe they could do like smaller sessions for, for yeah, people yeah. with disabilities yeah. because it can be quite overwhelming especially when it's like a gym or something because this is the other thing with exercise a short walk is good exercise but when you think of exercise you, you automatically picture the gym and people on running machines and you think yeah, oh gosh yeah. I don't want to do yeah. that and I still get embarrassed when people say to me oh what's your favorite form of exercise and I say walking because it, I think people are going to go really <laughs> you know like that's not a form of exercise but it is and it's so important yeah yeah but uh yeah I think it is just changing changing the viewpoint and allowing people to understand that everyone thinks differently about things and everyone needs a slightly different different steps in their life to implement these things you know it's not a case of just getting up one day and thinking great I'm gonna go to the gym you know yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think if the sports centre are willing to look things up, like they they can go onto the internet and search inter- interception and and find out about it before people come to the sessions. If they're willing to do that, then that, that could be quite nice for anybody that does struggle. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. they've got the, the knowledge about the food and the nutrition and they'll probably be able to, to make a nice little package to explain to somebody then. Mm. Yeah. Once yeah. they understand, because yeah. they probably don't even realise it's a thing. Mm. No, probably not. Oh, very useful. Very interesting. <laughs> I feel like the talk off today, but I could still talk about all these topics for way longer than we've, we've yeah. time for. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll we'll call it we'll call it there. So thank you very much, ladies. That was really interesting. So all that remains to be said is have a good week, everybody, and we will see you. See you soon. Bye. 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 Well, that's it for this week. And thank you once again for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you've got time and you can spare 30 seconds, then go and give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps other people find our content. And we know that our content and our episodes are so helpful to our community with lots of hints and tips and interesting interviews. So go and do your kind deed of the day and leave us a five-star review on iTunes to help others find us. Also, so that you never never miss an episode and you get a notification when a new one is available why not hit subscribe and that way you'll never miss us finally if you're not already a member of our fantastic facebook support group i suggest you go join it we'd love to see you in there there's loads of fantastic chat lots of peer-to-peer support from people in the same boat as you so go and search on facebook for the chewy gem sensory support group and let us know what you're thinking of our episodes speak to you then bye